every decision that you make, every thought that you think, every word that you say, every step that you take, every action uh, that you complete, every, every work or deed that you accomplish, everything in your life is going to be into, in, funneled into the two things, satisfying or living by the desires and the nature of the flesh, sinfulness, or it's going to be the satisfaction or the pleasing or the sowing into the life of the Spirit. That's it. You have the flesh and you have the spirit. If you don't have the spirit, all you have is flesh. And, and if, if, you, if you don't have flesh, then all you have is spirit. There is no in-between. What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. I'm having a good day. I'm tired today. I'm having a really, really tired day. This would be about the third or fourth night in a row that I woke up around 2.30 or 3 and couldn't go back to sleep. Uh, the positive is I was able to spend a ton of time with the Lord uh, the last few days in the mornings, which is always an amazing time. The negative is about four or five days in a row, I'm, I'm running low on energy. And, uh, but it's uh, not saying God woke me up four or five nights in a row to make me tired for this podcast. Uh, but ironically enough, uh, when I'm at my tiredest is when I uh, don't want to be at my best. When I'm like low energy, uh, I would rather just, you know, just not do good, <laughs> just not be in a good mood, just not be patient with people, just not do my job and just not... And the list kind of goes on and on and on and on. And ironically enough, one of the things that I was going to plan for this conversation today was in Galatians 6, uh, verses 9, uh, and, and some other scriptures, but starting with verse 9, it just says this. It says, Let us not become wary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So I'm read that one more time. Let us not become wary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Uh, so again, I just I find it just a little comical, just a little ironic uh, that I'm normally not very tired. I'm normally very high energy. It's just who I am as a person. But today, on the day that I'm talking about being wary of doing good, I'm actually truly physically tired and drained and lack energy um and and the thought process here that that paul's giving in galatians uh is he he's about and i'm going to talk through it in just a minute he's starting this conversation in the context of of sin nature and then living by the spirit or in the spirit and and he talks through a couple different things um, but he kind of gets near the end of five and, and into the beginning of chapter six. He starts talking about mainly connections with other people, relationships with other people. Um, and, he, you know, I'll just give you an example uh, in verses six. And listen, today this is just going to be it's a little different than normal. This is a conversation that I felt led to have for a little while to, uh, and just and just kind of got heavy, heavy, heavy. And so I wanted to have it. So it's a little different, but I want us to kind of converse through this together. Uh, as we as I read through this, and I just want us to think about this. In verse 6, Galatians 6, verse 1, it says, Brothers, if someone is caught up in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you may also be tempted. 
So verse 1 is, is helping when, when you see a brother, a sister, a friend, a family member in sin uh, to gently come alongside them uh, and to lead them back uh, into, into repentance and lead them back and, 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 and just through that process. Uh, and it says, but be careful, you know, as you're, as you're this connection with you and this person who's in sin, be careful so that you're not tempted in the process. So verse one is about the relationship between one human and another human. Uh, verse two says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So verse two, uh, it says, carry each other's burdens. So this isn't just sin. You know, the first verse was talking about sin, but this is, could be sin, could walk with people through, you know, a season of sin and, and repentance and forgiveness, or just the stresses and the anxiousness of life. It just says burdens. It says that to carry each other's burdens, to not let you go through, you know, a difficult season or a difficult day or a difficult time on your own. And you don't need to let me do that on my own, that to carry each other's burdens. So uh, verse 2 is another scripture about a human-on-human -human connection. Uh, verse 3, uh, Galatians 6, verse 3, If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else. For each one should carry his own load. So in verses uh, 3 through 5, though it seems like it's a, it's a thought process just kind of within yourself. The Spirit's teaching us that when we think of ourselves, we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought. If we're nothing, uh, we shouldn't think that we're something. And He's driving at our perspective or our thought process towards another human being in a comparison factor. He says, so when, you, when you're going through your life and your relationship with Jesus and you're growing in, in faith in Christ and you're, you're living your life, there should never come a time when you look into the life of another believer, you look into the life of another person and you compare for the good or the bad, for the negative or the positive, you compare what's going on in their life with your life. And so again, verses three through five, there is a connection, human, he's discussing human versus humans connections. Um, and then in verse 6, he says, Anyone who receives instruction in the Word must share all good things with his instructor. So this, all four of these verses uh, kind of seem random. They seem a little disconnected. The only unifying connection is that they're talking about human relationships or, or human, uh, human versus human actions. And so in verse 6, he says, Anyone who receives instruction in the Word must share all good things with his instructor. This is the thought process of like if, if you have someone in your life, like your pastor or a preacher or a teacher or someone in your life that is instructing you in a good way through the scriptures, they're teaching you the gospel, they're teaching you the ways of Christ, they're instructing you and teaching you and building you up in the word of God, that, that you should share uh, literally, I know that this gets awkward and weird for things, but it should share good things, material things with that person because uh, all the way from the Old Testament into the New Testament, pastors, preachers, priests, you know, people who gave their life to the service of God and worship of God in the temple that they didn't have what the Old Testament called an inheritance. So it, it's that if, if, if God has brought someone into your life, a pastor, preacher, a teacher, that, that you should share with them that they should not lack. They should be able to pray and to study and to be able to lead the house and lead the church. So though this is a little different conversation, all the verses um, of Galatians 6, 1 through 6, they're dealing with different aspects of human on human connection, a human versus human connection. And so if you just look at that, 
verse after verse after verse after verse, it almost seems like Paul's got a little spiritual ADD. It's almost like he's just like kind of talking here and there. Well, you don't need to do this and you don't need to do that. And he's just kind of distracted. He's really not distracted at all. He's talking about human on human connection. He's talking about the way that we treat others. And it's important because he's about to move into a pretty well-known set of verses that ends with the one we started with. Verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We have to understand the context of this conversation. In Galatians 6, uh, the first six verses of chapter 6, he's, he's talking about human-on-human -human connection and, and the way that we should treat each other, view each other, uh, and view ourselves in connection. And so he moves into this is the, the kind of the more famous, the more well-known scriptures that I think a lot of time gets taught out of context. Uh, not that it's wrong all the time. It just there's a power in understanding the depth of the context. And this is what it says. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So I, I started with verse 9 because I wanted you to know that the conversation today was about when we get tired of doing good. And I wanted to go back to verses 1 through 6 and then bring back verse 10 so that you understand the entire context here is about human on human connection it's about the way you and i see each other perceive each other and treat each other this is very important to understand the power of verses 7 and 8 because when you get into that do not be deceived god cannot be mocked verses 1 through 6 and verses 9 and 10 are about human-on-human -human connection and doing good to each other. That means that no matter how you want to preach it or how you want to teach it or what you want to view it as, verses 7 and 8 are about human connection. They're about the way that we do good to each other. Now, can this law and this wisdom and this truth be applied to other things? 100%. But the context and the power at which the Holy Spirit wants you to see this through is through the idea of human on human connection, brotherly connection, fellowship of believers and believers to the outside world, to those who are sinners, to those who are outside. It's human on human connection. So he says, do not be deceived. Uh, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature he will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit, from the spirit he will reap eternal life. So I'm going to just point blank give you this real fast. All this, the heart of this is that, that, that you can, every decision that you make, every thought that you think, every word that you say, every step that you take, every action uh, that you complete, every, every work or deed that you accomplish, everything in your life is going to be into, in, funneled into the two things. Satisfying or living by the desires and the nature of the flesh, sinfulness, or it's going to be the satisfaction or the pleasing or the sowing into the life of the Spirit. 
that's it. You have the flesh and you have the spirit. If you don't have the spirit, all you have is flesh. And, and if, if, you, if you don't have flesh, then all you have is spirit. There is no in-between. There's not a middle road. There, there's not. There's just, there's, there's your sinful nature. There's who you are apart from Christ. And then there's the, the, the newness in our creation and our following after Jesus and the Holy Spirit that's inside of us and, and the new life and the desires that he's taking us, you know, to the right, but our sinful nature is still present and wants us to go to the left. And everything that we ever say, do, or think is going to fall into one of those two categories, meaning that everything that you, you sow in life or the, the, every thought, is a, you're, it's, it, it's painting the picture of a seed that goes into the ground. Uh, if you sow a seed, uh, an apple seed into the ground, you're never going to get oranges to come out of it. You sow an apple seed in the ground, if it grows, it's going to be an apple tree. If you sow, I don't know, cucumbers into the ground, you're going to get cucumbers. I'm not a farmer. Uh, if you get sow tomatoes into the ground, you're going to get tomatoes. This is something that is is super uh, built into the system of creation in a physical way. And the Holy Spirit is making sure that we understand not only is this a physical law uh, in nature, that this is also a spiritual law, that this is the reality, that whatever you sow and you will sow either into the na uh, sinful nature or into the spirit, you're going to reap from the nature of the flesh. If you sow into that, you're going to reap destruction. But if you sow into the spirit, you're going to reap eternal life. And so he's coming down to this one point. He says, ultimately, everything that you think, say, and do is a seed that you're sowing either into into or by the sinful nature into the spirit. So he, he gets to this point where he just says, hey, listen, in your human connection, in your in your friendships, in your relationships, in your marriages, in your relationship with your kids, in your relationship with your coworkers, in the in the in the stranger that you're pumping gas to, uh, next to at the gas station, uh, this this reality is that when you go through. There is a nature when it comes to relationships and it comes to human connection. There is a nature in you, a sinful nature, a flesh nature that desires to do certain things. And then there's the Holy Spirit that's inside of you that pulls you in a different direction, has different desires. And he says, and, and, and to do good is to obviously sow into the Spirit. So before we move on, I, I want to slow down and I want to make sure that we understand that, that what he's saying is, is that that as you handle yourself and you go through life and you go through your day, you have an opportunity every single day, every single interaction, you have an opportunity to sow either into the spirit and reap life or into the flesh and reap destruction. And so I want to make sure I'm going to bring it practically because he gets super practical. So what does that really mean? What does that really look like? What that looks like is in our human connection is that that there is the fruits of the spirit and that there is the nature what is normal so i'm going to read what is nature what is normal what is flesh what is sinful i'm going to read this list and i'm going to read the fruit of the spirit which precedes this conversation so that we can understand exactly what we're talking about the acts of the sinful nature are obvious sexual immorality uh, impurity debauchery idolatry witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But then there's the fruit of the Spirit. This is Galatians 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, let us not become conceited, pro, uh, provoking and envying each other. So 
he, he, again, I want to reiterate this before we get into the closing thoughts of this conversation. The heart here is about flesh and sinful desires versus the desires of the Spirit, but in the context of human-on-human relationship. So my, my, my heart here this morning, and there's a lot of focuses, there's a lot of directions to go, my heart here this morning is what I started with, verse 9. Don't become weary in doing good. All right, don't become weary in doing good. Now, why would you become weary? Why would you become tired? Why would you get, uh, get to a place where you, you just want to stop doing good in the context of human connection? Well, let me just be, let's just, let's just shoot each other straight, if that's cool. Uh, you get tired because it's natural to us to want to be selfish, right? I want I want to I get tired of being selfless because it's in my nature to be selfish. And when I'm selfish, I can get what I want. And getting what I want feels a lot better in the moment than not getting what I want. I there I I I want stuff. I I want to get my way. I, I want I I'm selfish. I'm self-focused. I want I want to get what I want and I want it when I want it and I want to get it. And it feels good to want it and it feels good to get it in the moment. This is the this is the the power of what he's trying to teach. But if I'm selfish, if I'm selfish and I'm only out for what I want, though it may feel good in the moment, and that's what my flesh wants, and that's what sin takes me to, though if I'm selfish, what that's going to wind up doing is that's going to wind up cutting off people in my life. That's going to wind up hurting people in my life. It's going to wind up hurting my wife, for example. It's going to wind up hurting my kids, for example. Because to be, a, a, to be in a relationship with anybody and to have that be a successful relationship selfishness is one of the most destructive things in any relationship. So if I'm not putting my wife first, if I'm not putting my wife's needs, if I'm not putting my kids' needs first, then I'm going to hinder that relationship. I'm going to I'm going to hurt that relationship. I'm going to put div, uh, division between me and my wife. I'm going to take her for granted. I'm going to do her wrong. I'm not going to love her the way Christ has instructed me to love her. I'm not going to I'm not going to be there for my kids cuz I'm going to be off doing what I want to do. I'm not going to be there to train them to love on them. This spend time with them because there's other things that, that I might want to do or I might think is more important. This is selfishness. So it feels really good in the moment, but then there's a, if you sow into that, you reap destruction. So why would you grow weary of doing good? Because it feels so good to not do good. And because in the moment there's gratification and you might see, it might be a, some time in between when you're being selfless and when you actually see the benefit or you reap the benefit. Because a lot of times, let me, let's just be real. I'll give you the same example. When I feel like I'm being selfless and I feel like I'm giving up things to be able to spend time with my kids and I feel like I'm giving up my free time and I feel like I'm giving up hobbies or I feel like I'm giving up something for my kids and then they wake up in bad moods five days in a row or Hudson's three and he starts acting like a three-year-old and or they start bickering and complaining and arguing and I spend, you know, 45 minutes, you know, out of three hours, just trying to stop them from arguing. It may seem like in the moment there, I'm not getting anything from it. They're not getting anything from it. I, I should have just went out and did my thing. But the reality of it is in time, that's the point. When you, when, if you don't grow weary at the proper time, you'll reap a harvest from that. You'll reap a harvest from it. There'll be something good that comes from it. When you sow into the spirit, there's something good that will come from it in your life. There's something good that will come from it in their life. So that's it. Let's just keep going. That's that's what I really want to do this morning. I just want to I just want to talk through some some day to day stuff in our life. So let's just go to let's go to I don't know uh, jealousy. Okay, jealousy. 
why is jealousy and, and, and the result of jealousy, why, why is that something that we would get tired of not doing, right? Well, jealousy and, and envy, and they point out both of these, that's a zealousness or that's a passion for something. So, you know, again, it kind of gets back to, to, to what I want. If, if, I'm, if I'm going one way or I'm, I'm trying to do something or I'm trying to, you know, I'm, we're, I'm trying to be a part of a, a growing church and I want, you know, I want our church to grow and I want our church to expand and I, I want to be a part of stuff and I want to, I want to be productive for the Lord. And even if there's a good thing and I'm looking at, and I'm working, 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 but I see a church down the road and I feel like I'm, I'm working harder than they're working. I feel like I'm, I'm being more righteous than they're being righteous. I'm being dumb, but I, I feel like this, but I just, they're just taking off and they're just growing. And, they, and it just seems like no matter what they do, it just like people just show up and it's like, they've got a blessing around every corner and it just seems like every Everything's going their way, and I get focused on that, and I get that jealousy rises up in me. It, it honestly, it feels good to just kind of just be, just find stuff wrong with them, to uh, want to condemn them, to want to just you know almost get into some self pity. You know, you know, I, I wish everything's just going. Self pity feels good, right? When you just get to a place where you can just sit down, you can just complain because you're a victim, and you just you know you're doing it, and you just you just it, there's a there's a part of it in the moment that just feels good to just be able to express you know all of these negative emotions inside, and just to just to view and just look down on people, and to just go. But in reality, this is exactly what the enemy wants. This is what sin wants to do because. Is going to cause division. You're not going to be able to be happy for them. You're not going to be able to be happy for yourself. You get your eyes off of what God's doing. I'm a, I can promise you there's a lot of negativity that will come from this, but I can promise you this. If you're always looking down the road and you're always looking at what God's doing over here and you're always looking at what God's doing in somebody else's life, you're always looking at how God's blessing somebody else's marriage, you're always looking at the vacation somebody else is going on, you're always looking at what's going on with somebody else's kids, you're always looking at what's going on. What, the longer that you look and the more you let jealousy get there, the less gratitude you're going to have for what God's doing in your life. You're going to be blind to the good things that's going on in your life. It's not that God's not being good to you. It's that you're discounting his goodness that's right in front of you because you're too busy looking down the road. So I, I, want to, I don't want us to lose the conversation. Your, your, your sin, your flesh nature wants you to compare yourself, wants you to look down the road, wants you to, to, to judge somebody, to tear somebody down and lift yourself up so you feel better. It also wants you to look Look in and, and be jealous for what you think is better in their life or what you think is going on in their life. Because if the enemy can get you to do that, the flesh can get you to do that, you are going to discount God's goodness in your life. You're not going to see it. Versus where if, if you step back and you and you put jealousy down and you sow into the spirit, you're going to start to realize the massive blessings that are right here, right now in front of you. You're going to see that if you keep your eyes on God and you keep your eyes on what God's doing in your life and you keep your, your heart, your your focus on what's going on right here, you're going to see the good things that you're missing. It's not that they're not there. You're just not seeing them. And so we get wary of doing good because there just comes a time when it just feels like you're, you're, we're looking, we're looking, we're looking, and we're tired. I'm trying, but it doesn't look like that. I'm, I'm doing my best, but my marriage doesn't feel like that. Get your eyes off somebody else. Get your heart and mind and the spirit, and God will start to reveal the good things in you. You'll start to reap from that. I just want to keep going. All right, one more negative, and then we'll go to the positive. Um, it's not on. It's not in here, but this is one that's just on my heart. What about gossip? Okay, just tearing somebody down. Gossip is something. Let's just be real honest with ourselves. Tearing somebody else down, looking into somebody else's life, spotting the negative things because you are fantastic. We are so good 
at seeing the negative in everybody else's life. We're so good at seeing how spiritual they are in this area. We're so good at seeing what they're failings at. We're so good at seeing their weaknesses. We're horrible at seeing our own. We're good at seeing everybody, and it feels good. There's something about it. It feels good to be able to say, no matter who they are, man, they're not good at that. They're weak at that. They struggle with that. They'll never get past that. They, they, they think they're so good, but they're not. Here's all they, they think, that, but they're probably in debt. I heard that they're in debt. I, they built a house, and I'm kind of jealous of their house because my house is kind of small compared to their house. But I heard that they're in debt, and they make horrible financial decisions. And it's going to come back. And they're, you know, they're not even happy in their marriage. They post on Facebook, but they're not even happy. There is something, and you cannot deny it, there's something that just feels good about pointing out other people's weaknesses to make yourself feel better. And I know that you could just chop this little piece of my conversation out and post it and, and condemn me for it, but I'm just being honest with you, it feels good. It feels good to just stop and tear somebody else down. But the problem is, is that if you do that more often than not, one, deeply spiritual issues, God says that there's power, life, and death in the tongue. It also says that we will be held accountable for every single word that comes out of our mouth. Despite all that stuff, we'll just put that in a box. Those of you who gossip and you make a habit of gossiping, you're going to find something about your life. You're going to find that you're alone. You, you're going to, you may have some people that are around you, but people, when they hear people constantly tearing other people down, they're, they're never going to let themselves get too close to you. So you may have a few acquaintances. You may have a few friends. You may have a lot of social media activity. You may, you may be popular, but you're going to find yourself alone because nobody is going to allow themselves to be vulnerable around you. Nobody's going to allow themselves for you to get inside their world because they know as soon as they're not around, just like you tear everybody else down, that they're, you're going to, that they're, you're going to tear them down. So this is what I see about God. Gossips. Gossips are alone. Gossips feel alone. They wind up living most of their life alone and, 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 they, and they get more bitter and therefore they just gossip and tear people down more and more and more and more. They, they tend not to be trusted. They just find themselves alone. So this is the thing. In the moment, it feels good. But what you reap from it is loneliness. What you reap from it is the consequences of, of tearing people down. What you reap from it is destroying a brother and a sister in Christ because you're in a bad mood, because it just makes you feel better about yourself. So this is the heart of this conversation. I want you to know that it, it feels good in the moment, but no matter what you sow or what you do in these things, you're going to reap temporarily and eternally negative consequences from this versus you will reap life both temporarily and eternally if we sow into the Spirit. So I want to I hit some positives, and then I'm going to close down with one thought. And He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Why would we get tired uh, of loving people? Because loving people is hard. Why would we get tired of uh, you know, having self-control? Because self-control is hard. Just put it in a, in a diet context, right? It's easier just to eat the brownie. It's easier just to eat processed foods because they're already made and they're easy. You can put them in the microwave for like three minutes. It's easy to drive through fast food and just get it and eat it because it tastes really good. There's a lot of really good chemicals in there that make food that taste good and you get addicted to it and it just feeds all part of this good carbs and sugar just make your body just feel good in the moment to kill you early but just in the moment it feels good it's hard to have self-control it's hard to just eat grilled chicken it's hard to go through the process of buying healthier food because it has to be cooked it's harder to go through that stuff it's easier so in the same thing in the spiritual life, it, it's, it's easier to just give in to the temptations and not even try. It's easier to just let 
addictions be a part of your life instead of confess them or ask for help or go through it's it's easier to just to just lie when 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 you could tell the truth and go through the difficulty of being honest and telling the truth it's easier to just take something while nobody's looking rather than work for it it's just it's easier it's easier to do that it's harder to do it but this is the fruit of the spirit right this is the spirit of god he's he's willing he wants to he desires and we just have to we just have to sow into that and, and start recognizing that let's do one more one more positive uh patience right okay this is a out of all of these this is the one that i crave the most because it's the one i lack the most in my life patience it's hard to be patient it's hard to be patient it's easy to be impatient it's easy to honk the second the light turns green it's it's easy to just you know, be impatient with our children. It's easy instead of being patient and kind to them and, and, and understanding that they're three and that they're six or that they're a teenager and understand that there's time to develop and, and to go. It's, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's difficult to be patient. It's difficult to walk with people through it. It's difficult. But this is, the, this is where I just want to kind of close down. If, if we can get to this place though, where we understand that there is power, there's power and sowing into the spirit. There's power in doing good. There's power in, in connection to one another that we do show love, uh, that we, we, we give ourselves over to the spirit, that we humble ourselves before leading the spirit, that we sow into the spirit and by the spirit, that we love uh, people, uh, that we, we allow the joy of the spirit to take over our lives despite our circumstances, that we allow the peace of God to take over our lives, that we cast the burdens and the anxieties that we have in our life upon him. Uh, and Jesus promises that he'll send his peace to guard our hearts and our minds. It's, it's we, being patient, kindness, and goodness. I mean, just just to giving the, over to that, to be kind, to be good to people, to be faithful, to show gentleness and self-control. And, and I want to end with this one thought. Remember the context of, of human-human connection. That's where a lot of this, is, the most of this is what this is talking about. The reason that we have to be, need to be, uh, I struggle with the word required, but almost required to be uh, loving towards people, uh, to be patient towards people, because this is the way that Jesus has been with us. The power of this is, is that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And all the fruits of the Spirit that I just mean, they're literally the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of us, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And if the longer that we heed to that and we humble ourselves and we see the desire and every chance we get an opportunity, we do good to people. That's what it says. We sow into that. Now, if you fail, if you mess up, okay, forget it. Forgive yourself and you move on. Every, you get another opportunity. So good. You get another opportunity to be patient, be patient. You get another opportunity to show love, show love. This is the heart of what Galatians 6 is pointing to. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And it's not easy, but you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And every time an opportunity comes up for you to sow into the Spirit, especially in the context of human versus human connection, do it. And if you mess up, ask for forgiveness, move on. You'll have an opportunity every hour, more than likely in your life, you will have an opportunity to sow into the Spirit. You have an opportunity uh, to, to reap life from the Spirit. So I want to encourage you today, don't allow the enemy... Don't allow the enemy to lead you uh, away from the reality that the Holy Spirit is there inside of you. The Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is there available to you. In every new second, in every new minute, in every new hour, every new day, 
is an opportunity to sow into the Spirit and to reap life. So when it comes to you and your spouse, you and your kids, you and your friends, you and your coworkers, you and strangers, when it comes to you and fellow believers, when it comes to you and people who don't know Jesus yet, every time you interact, you have an opportunity to sow an eternal seed into their life. Do it. And if you mess up, forget it and move on and do it. God loves you. God has been good to you. God has been patient with you. Now let's take that that he's given us and let's sow that same thing by the Spirit into other people's lives. I know this has been a little bit different conversation, a little longer conversation, but there's something in this. So I would challenge you and encourage you to spend some time praying through it. Read through Galatians 5 and 6. Read through these specific scriptures. Uh, study them. Let God speak to you. Listen to the podcast over again. Take notes. Let the Lord work in your life. I love you guys with all my heart. See you next time.